Well, what's going on, guys? Um, hopefully, you guys are getting your fill of football right now. Um, and hopefully, you know, as, as terrible as everything is right now, you guys are still finding that silver lining, getting to be around your family, um, and, and kind of enjoying that time uh, as we're technically out of work right now as coaches um, and, and teachers. So hopefully you guys are finding that time. If you're still needing more football, which I know there's tons of resources out right now, you can find even more. All of our podcasts, all of our videos, RTP Premium, everything, our summits are all up on our website. That's at runthepower.com. Me and Coach Walls have also done a few different uh, live Zoom clinics with, with different people. So uh, that's all out on Twitter. Uh, and those people have, have mostly put it up somewhere in their Google Drive so you guys can find that as well. So anything you guys need from us, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter uh, or on our website via email, uh, however you guys want to get a hold of us. Uh, but you can find all that stuff over at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Do you have linemen? Are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking during the week. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact, really focusing on those big guys in the trenches, like we coach. Worn by Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Virginia, 150 other colleges, and over 1,500 high schools across the country, including mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls in Ankeny. They are currently running an early bird promo. It's an unbelievable uh, price for them right now. 40 caps for $2,000 uh, with 10 of them for free, plus 10 free. So you get 10 free ones as well. Check them out in our, free show, uh, in our show notes or go to guardiansports.com slash football. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all, we obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. Don't wait, go do it today. On this episode of RTP, we have a treat for you guys and for us. Uh, we've been we've been trying to get this guy for uh, probably since episode one of the podcast. We finally got him uh, tied down and got to do an episode with him. Uh, the great white buffalo, as we've said. Uh, today we talk with Connor Riley. Coach Riley is the O-line coach at Kansas State University. Listen as we talk with Coach Riley about the intricacies of A-gap power, the importance of coaching and developing your fullbacks and tight ends, and the unbelievable program they built at North Dakota State University. You can follow Coach Riley on Twitter at Coach C. Riles. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, I'll tell you one, the, the silver lining we found is that it kind of forced you to, to have to take a little <laughs> bit of downtime. And it seems like we've been bugging you, you know, every few months for the last three years. So well, it, it's we're long excited. 
I'm excited too. And it's, if, if it's anyone's fault, it's, it's mine. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, I wanted to do this for quite some time. And I know through some transition a, a year ago, it was challenging and, and I'm probably making more or less an excuse, but, uh, I'm no, you guys, you guys are extremely busy. So, uh, that's, like I said, we were excited to start hitting you up, hoping that you'd get a little bit bored eventually. And, want to talk so I think I think all of the people that listen to this podcast have been waiting for this one um, I think this will be I think everyone's excited for this this is um, you know uh, for us it, it was what we wanted to start with at, at one point I mean this was yeah. the goal so we're really really excited to well, uh, you guys are awfully flattering and, and uh, um, I, I appreciate it I, I certainly certainly do so I know, I know there was at one point, too, where, where Harp and I wanted to come up to, to Fargo because I, I know Matt Lean really well, you know, one of the mm -hmm. associate ADs up there. Yep. And he just kept telling me, he's like, he's like you and Harp got to come up and we're just going to play golf with, with, with C. Riles and we're going to play golf with Messingham. We're just going to have a blast. And, and yeah, Harper well, and I, we, we kind of had to punt on that, too, so we still feel bad about that. Oh, gosh, no, that's, uh, that, that would be a, it would be a good time now, now. Matt and Lean are a little bit better at the uh, at the old golf game than uh, than myself. So, uh, it, but yeah, he's he's the right guy to uh, to talk about about getting some golf up there in Fargo. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate it didn't work out, but I'm certainly glad it's working out right now. That's right. Well, well, coach, kind of how we always start things um, is is go ahead and let you you know for everyone else uh, maybe that doesn't know, kind of introduce yourself as far as. Uh, your football journey uh, from playing mm -hmm. days to coaching and how that brought you to uh, Kansas State. Yeah, it's uh, it, my story, just like so many others, um, is is pretty interesting. I um, grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, um, went to a uh, Catholic high school there, uh, Creighton Prep, and, and ended up uh, – I went to the Air Force Academy um, right out of high school. Uh, Fisher Berry was a head football coach there, and uh, um, it was an unbelievable opportunity um, presented to me. And shoot, that year I think we finished uh, um, won the last year of the old old WAC conference in 1998 when I was there, and I'm dating myself a little bit, but uh, found out pretty quickly there was a whole hell of a lot more to the Air Force Academy than just uh, than just football in school, and um, decided to transfer out and. Uh, Finished my career at uh, Nebraska Omaha in uh, a Division II school, playing for Pat Burns, and um, was asked to GA. Initially, I kind of turned it down, thinking I was going to um, uh, continue playing football, and that 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 was uh, very 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 brief, as uh, as mess oftentimes uh, um, reminds me. But uh, <laughs> uh, then eventually got into being a GA, was a GA there, and, and kind of took on a multitude of different roles. Got uh, my first full-time job at another Division II school at uh, Concordia St. Paul, working with uh, Mark Maurer up there, and was there one season. And um, Pat Burns, my, uh, my college coach, uh, brought me back. Um, and... Uh, uh, the guy I GA'd for was uh, offensive line coach at University of Buffalo, Scott Fuchs, who's still one of my um, dearest friends. And, uh, and he kind of comes into play a little bit later. But um, I was at UNO um, and, and coached at UNO, my alma mater, as the offensive line coach and run game coordinator up until the point that, very surprisingly, we dropped football. And um, 
you know, it was interesting. Um, I was just, uh, uh, somebody called me uh, yesterday and talked about um, kind of that entire journey of, of UNO dropping football and how big of a surprise that was and how, how relative it is to, uh, um, you know, a poor situation um, kind of working out. And, and um, for me, because I was out of coaching for three months, guys, I was sitting there going, well, shoot, we, we dropped football in the middle of March. That's a hard time to find um, a job within this. Heck, heck yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, I was very fortunate enough. Dale Lennon, um, who interviewed me at Southern Illinois a few years earlier, was very close friends with a athletic director at, uh, at Sacramento State in California. And, um, you know, if there's, there's anything I can share from this, this experience in my life was, uh, um, you know, we dropped football. And, uh, you know, hell, I didn't know if I was going to coach. I, I oftentimes – say that was that was the worst day of my life you know you, you tell all these guys shoot man we're, we're here looking out for you you tell these parents that we're going to look out for their sons and there's a helpless helpless feeling and and then from from my perspective you know you guys know it's from coaches that that you you, you may lose a job and, and you don't just go down the street to the next bank or the next business and say shoot i'm not gonna have to pick up my family well well, I, I was single at the time and, and got that opportunity at Sacramento State because uh, Dale Lennon uh, had remembered me from that interview and interviewed out there. And within two weeks, I was, shoot, man, I was living in California, Midwest guy living out in California. and Spent two years at uh, Sacramento State with Marshall Spurbeck in 11 and 12 um, and kind of getting to that, that point of that silver lining of it all is uh, went to – triple-A baseball game and stopped by a neighborhood bar and um, started playing uh, shuffleboard with a young lady who's uh, who's now my wife and uh, have two beautiful little girls and um, shoot you know I, I look at them and say you know they, they wouldn't exist if UNO didn't drop football and uh, so after spending two years there um, I, I got a phone call from uh, the offense coordinator at North Dakota State, uh, Brent Began, who's at uh, Wyoming now, and asked if I'd be interested in, in a position with them. And, um, you know, it was interesting. Scott Fuchs, the guy I GA'd for, was the old line coach there at the time. And uh, uh, Craig Bull, um, Coach Bull, and actually Coach Kleiman, uh, Chris Kleiman. When we dropped football at UNO, um, you know, we kind of became one of the top junior colleges in the country overnight there at Nebraska Omaha. And they're recruiting two people um, at, at UNO. And I remember them sitting in my office, and one of them was Brian Shepard, um, who's actually coaching. He's at Syracuse right now. And then they're recruiting another young player, linebacker we had on a roster named uh, Shaquille Barrett, who's, uh, who's doing pretty well himself. Um, I believe he's in Tampa Bay now. He just signed with them. But um, – through meeting those two guys uh, shortly after uh, um, dropping football, two years later, it led me to get an opportunity to coach tight ends and fullbacks at North Dakota State um, after meeting Coach Bowl there. And uh, um, through the transition of Coach Bowl going to Wyoming, I had an opportunity to stay on with Chris Kleiman as the offensive line coach in 2014 and spent six years at North Dakota State. Um, won five national championships um, and uh, here just uh, about 15 months ago had an opportunity to, to join uh, 
Coach Kleiman down here at Kansas State. And, uh, um, the opportunity to continue to work with him, um, and then obviously the opportunity to work in the Big 12 uh, was, uh, was, was just kind of exactly what I wanted, you know, continue to work with great people at a, an extremely high level and um, just been so fortunate kind of through my career. So that, that's a little bit of my trajectory of, of where I'm at right now. We just finished our first season at Kansas State. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's had, a, had a decent year, went eight and four. Um, you know, you always look back at the ones that, that you wish you would have finished off. But uh, we're certainly excited um, to continue building with, uh, with what we got here moving forward. I was going to say, probably – Probably not the year maybe you guys are used to at North Dakota State, but I think a, a way better year than most people thought that Kansas State was going to have this year. You know, it, it's hard to kind of reflect on things. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. You go, um, what was I at North Dakota State six years? And um, gosh, I, I want to say we, we lost, I think, a total of six ball games. So <laughs> yeah. that, that success was, you know, I, I think like – um, 84 and, and uh, 84 and six, you know, that, that's just unprecedented. Um, and uh, um, yeah, this year was, was uh, it, it was exciting. You know, we're fortunate because we had a lot of good young people here and uh, um, some, some great ones. Uh, uh, Drew Little, I know you had an opportunity to meet who, who's played at Kansas State. He had helped out Coach Dickey uh, prior to my arrival, and, and that made that transition that much more seamless. So um, there's, there's just a lot of parallels that, that kind of fit into place, and, and I, I think we turned some heads, but uh, it's all about what you do next, and, and that's kind of the, the, the mantra in our business in, in, in college football is what are you going to do next, and, and that's what that, that's the tough part right now because I think we had an awfully good winter um, and, and our guys were getting excited to go out and compete going into year two. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it's kind of been put on hold right now. So we got to adjust and, and, and adapt and continue to move forward with, with, uh, with the hand we're dealt. Well, Coach, you know, I, I think uh, we love looking at all the run game, and I can't wait to, to talk about a bunch of it. But uh, obviously I think the, the thing that we've always talked about with North Dakota State and now Kansas State obviously is power. Um, is that something that you were always well-versed in, or is that something when you came uh, to a certain college that, that you had to start? I'm, obviously, you're a football coach, so you knew power, I'm sure. But the way that you guys do it at Kansas State and did it at North Dakota State, there were so many different wrinkles to it. Uh, was that something that you were well-versed in uh, for a while, or was it a certain stop that you came to that you started uh, no. digging into that deeper? Yeah, it was – I actually was more of – when I first started playing at UNO, we were, we were more of a gap scheme team counter um, in power and some, some zone option and some G option and stuff. Um, that was kind of the football then. But as, as we kind of evolved, I, I was actually much more of an inside zone guy um, kind of in my early days of coaching and then even going into um, – Sacramento State, yeah, power was a little part of it, but it wasn't until, you know, I got to North Dakota State in, in 2013 that you realize you're like, wow, there's, I mean, there's some variables to this particular play and the variations off of it. And that's, that is truly when I, I become more of a gap scheme type guy. So it wasn't until I got to North Dakota State and 
and, and learning from, you know, Scott Fuchs and, and before Scott Fuchs was Pat Perlis, you know, all of that kind of being built up to that point. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around a ton of great old line coaches. They got a great one up there as well that, you know, in, in AJ Blasek. So, um, yeah, it, it was it, talking about the power. It, it opened my eyes um, to, uh, to a whole different, whole different idea. And it, it was funny when I first kind of realized it. I remember I was on the phone with um, Scott Fuchs when I was at Sacramento State. And we were talking about the power game and, and we wanted to run a little bit more of it. And, uh, you know, just calling around to the resources that I have. Um, that I knew and, and I was, you know, shoot, I'd watched them win their first national championship and they're running the hell out of that play. And so, and, and he kept asking me questions about, well, are you, you running tight A gap power? Are you running more C gap power? Are you run, I was like, shit, we're just running power, you know? And, <laughs> um, and, and I began to, to learn at that point. And then once I got immersed into it in 2013, um, how much, uh, uh, how much uh, the the variables that you can do with power, coach, and you you got to kind of get your start too, you know, with the tight ends and fullbacks. You talk a little bit about you know how important it is to have a guy in that scheme that literally just focuses on that because at NDSU, I mean, it was nuts. You guys would go wholesale subs, you know, twenty two personnel, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. new guys come on the field, and they're like, well, what personnel are they in, coach? They're still in twenty two. You know, they, they just brought in a whole new set of, of, of big dudes. But it seemed like North Dakota State put almost like a monopoly on those positions. We're going to recruit good fullbacks. We're going to recruit good tight ends or at least attract those guys to walk on. Mm-hmm. And those guys became just pillars of that, that community and pillars of that program. Yeah, and it's one of the things I think that makes our offense and what we do, you know, both at North Dakota State now at Kansas State so unique is – is the variations that you can do with your personnel groupings because there's not going to be a coach out there that doesn't say, Hey, we want to run the ball. There's not going to be a coach out there that says, Hey, we want to be physical when we're running the ball. There's not anyone out there who doesn't want to say it. So how can you create some uniqueness within your offense that's going to complement the entire program? And that's one of the biggest things that we focus on is, is how does our offense complement our defense? How does the defense complement offense? And then you incorporate obviously a huge facet of it, which is special teams. So the, the ability that, that we had at NDSU and that we're building towards here at Kansas State with those tight ends and fullbacks is so huge. And, and the variations of personnel groupings, and then along with what you can do with those personnel groupings in multiple sets, you know, as, as far as getting into double width, when you get into condensed formations, when you get into 23 personnel or 32 personnel or 14 personnel, you know, you can really con- uh, create a lot of conflict for defenses out there, especially defenses that are not accustomed to seeing additional gaps when you're adding gaps out there how ultimately do they adjust to it so the versatility of the position and then the uniqueness of what you can do with those guys I I think that that's where you create an advantage within this style of offense and uh, um, you're right it's it was it was pretty well mastered um, up there in Fargo and that's that's one of the biggest things that that we're working towards here and we're fortunate enough to to inherit an offense that did have tight ends, um, not to the extent that, that we want to continue to build towards, 
but it did have fullbacks. We do have fullbacks. We just want to continue to uh, evolve that to, uh, uh, to, to the personnel groupings that, that we had in order to, to make our, more, our, our offense, our style of offense, that much more challenging to, uh, to defend. That's what I was excited about in, in the Big 12, um, you know, just how many Big 12 teams were recruiting to stop, you know, a spread really fast, uh, up-tempo team. And, and to me, when you guys came in, it was, a, it was a completely different, you know, ball game that a lot of those kids that have been recruited to play linebackers that, uh, you know, to me, look more like safeties. You know, mm-hmm. But now you're putting them in a box. So I was excited to see that. So, so my question a little bit is about, it seems like now everyone's trying to recruit that guy that can play tight end and fullback and split out uh, and do a lot of different things. Uh, are, when you guys go and recruit a fullback, uh, are you recruiting a, a true, like what you would think of as a fullback, or are you trying to get, you know, 10 guys that can do a lot of different things? In an ideal situation, you're going to try to get as multiple of a player as you can. So, when you go into recruiting, I think it's such a difficult, challenging position to recruit both tight end and fullback. In fact, you know, we've been discussing here how, how you know, you see a tight end, you're recruiting a high school tight end, and you think, okay, this is the guy who's fit in our system. And you look, and the guy's got 25, 30 offers already. Um, it's just such a valuable position. So you have to, you, there is some projection that you have to do as far as the recruiting aspect of it, you know, and, and whether it's that larger tailback who you feel like can evolve into a 245 pound tight end or tight end fullback wing type guy, you know, the, the name that always comes to mind to me is an Andrew Bonnet that, that we had for a long time at, at North Dakota State. Um, and, and that guy who can play inline tight end that guy who can play uh, wing position, that guy who can play at the fullback position, all those types of things. You want to have as much versatility in that as possible. Now, you know, from a fullback, you're going to recruit a guy who's just going to be a hammerhead. You know, just a guy who's going to be a – he's going to line up in the dot. He might line up offset. Maybe he's smart enough you can put him out in, into an attached position. Um, and you're going to recruit that wide tight end who's going to be a true 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy that you may not want to be putting back in the, in the backfield um, to, uh, um, to kick out the power. But uh, the more versatility you can have within those positions, again, the more challenges I think you present defensive coordinators. And the defensive coordinators that I've coached against, that's what they say is one of the more challenging things. They sit there and go – Shoot, we're we're trying we're trying like hell to figure out what personnel are you ultimately in, and and we can't do it. You know, we're trying to base it on this number, base it on that number, and before you know it, they're sitting there going, "Gosh, you have, you know, twenty different personnel groupings." And uh, um, that to me is when you're really winning with those two particular positions. You have the versatility of the guy who can play in in line tight end, who can play that wing position, um, a hip position, whether it's to, to, a, a, to a tight end surface, to a solid surface, to an open surface. And when you get a guy who's really athletic and you can split him out and win those one-on-one matchups, man, now, you're, now it does become a nightmare for defenses. Coach, when you talk about, you know, obviously running it from multiple sets and, and multiple pictures and multiple looks, you know, you're, you're obviously going to get different defenses too. 
So I'm interested in, you know, when you guys teach the A-gap power, is that something where, you know, we start off with our most basic rules and we run it that way for a bunch? Or are you like, you know what, we're going to throw a lot at these guys with, you know, the different calls that backs can make? Because you guys will run, you know, A-gap power a, a bunch of different ways. And, and I can't assume that every time it's called, you guys are making that call up front. You know, how soon do you kind of get into the different, you know, permutations and wrinkles that you guys have off of that play? when you teach it yeah and and it's that's a very very good question and and to say we'll say our entire offense is installed right now here at kansas state but it's still an evolutionary process to get all the intricacies of that particular play um you know something that you draw up on the board and seems so dang simple there are a little bit more complications to it so you know, the, the biggest things that you're going to, that you're truly going to focus on in base looks is number one, displacing the point. You know, it's people have asked me all the time, how do you stop power? How do you stop power? Well, if you got somebody who can hold point, then you know what? You got a pretty damn good shot. If you don't, boy, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to wear on you. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's just that 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 piece of it is so huge that that combination I'm hurt sure I know you've heard me talk about it that lateral combination block um, that the next evolution that you're going to talk about is just your base ISO with your with your pole um, and in this is from an offensive line standpoint and um, in just saying okay where do my eyes go Where's my insert point? How am I going to make sure that I'm not getting spilled, that I'm going to be same foot, same shoulder through all of that? Um, and, and then the third thing is the kick out, you know, something that, that is so – you sit there and say, well, just, just get the defensive end kicked out. So um, we're going to start in, in very simple terms as far as aiming points, as far as where our displacement is at a point, as far as an entry point with the ISO. But uh, some of the different looks that you get from a defense, you're going to have to evolve as the season goes along. Um, and, um, you know, there's still little intricacies that, that we have not mastered here at Kansas State that would kind of seem a little bit like um, second language uh, to some of the guys where I was at previously. So uh, there is an evolution process to it, but the, the three biggest components to me are going to be the combination, displacing a point, um, getting your ISO landed, um, and then making sure that you're getting a, a, a pretty clean kick out. Coach, I think, you know, some of the most impressive to me uh, watching you guys run it is is the patience of, you know, your pulling guards. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I kind of got – and and – if you don't want to give us the answer, I, I understand. But I think there's a, there's a clip going around of, of you guys playing Oklahoma. Oh, and, yeah. And they I knew that guy, one was going to come they, up. You're going to come down to, you're gonna have to come down to Kansas Okay. State. Okay, uh, I figured. I figured. Just just, yeah. remember, just know that I'm coming down and I want to talk about it because um, I've, I've argued it for hours on Twitter. But anyways, you got it. anyways um, so when you are teaching your guards to pull, um, what are some of those coaching points that you use for them? Because it's – unbelievable you know the patience that you guys have uh when your guard is pulling um and and to see them you know and i know that they've got uh, that you guys have even kicked out you know th three techniques with your fullbacks and 
and your your guards inside of all of that. What are yeah. some of your coaching points? Are you trying not to overcoach it or your yeah, depth? It, what is it? That's the biggest thing is, you know, and I learned that from Scott Fuchs. And, and Fuchsy, he did a great job of adjusting to kind of different players. And, and when he was telling me about it, he said, you know, the biggest thing is just don't overcoach it. So, number one, what we've got to do, and I think what makes our pull a little bit unique is, is like anything, you got to get back away from the line of scrimmage. So, getting back away from the line of scrimmage, now whether it's with your backside foot or your near foot, I'm not as concerned about that. I've had guards who do a real good job with a near foot. I have, I've coached guards who've done it better with their backside foot. It is not a traditional skip pull where I'm going to skip, stay square, and try to run. You know, we call it a shuffle pull or a square pull. And the biggest reason being is how tight our entry point ultimately is, is we want to get back away from the line of scrimmage, maintain a base. So when we do feel that entry point, we have the ability to plant on our play side foot. So if we're, if we're talking right now, I'm left guard and I'm in my shuffle, and I'll tell you where our keys are looking. I have the ability to plant on my right foot. So that would be my play side foot. We're running power to the right, and I can get vertical right now without drifting. Because the number one key is you can't get your ass spilled. Because it is, you know, it is what, what we say it is. It's, it's an A-gap type play. We do not want to get spilled on that. So, um, you know, you'll see our guards when they pull. Um, the first thing is, is so much – Teams want to say, well, okay, this is, a, this is a gap scheme play, but you're responsible for that man, okay? You're responsible for that guy. Well, shit, that, that ain't a gap scheme play to me. Okay? You're responsible for ultimately a gap. Now, we have targeting rules and all those other things that, that we can continue to talk about, but the backside guard, you are the ultimate corrector. You, you really, you're the one who's going to make the play go. If things start falling apart in front of you, Bang, you're the one who's going to say, no, I'm going to stick that near foot in the ground. I'm going to drop my hips. And, and you know, we tell them, you know, I, I said, and, and excuse my language, I don't give a shit if Santa Claus shows up. You know, you, you better get them same foot, same shoulder. So <laughs> you got to make sure that this play is right, you know. And, and our eyes aren't going to our man. Our eyes actually on our square shuffle pull are going to go to that inside hip of the play side tackle because that's going to tell me, that's going to tell me where my entry point is. That's going to tell me boy, you know what, that, 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 that tackle's getting stuck on that double team, that's okay, make it right. Okay, that thing's moving, now I can ride that wave right off there, I'm going to make sure that I might get a clean ISO block, you know. Okay, hey, that thing goes back across, I'm getting a super hard spill from a defenseman, I may have to skate it. I may have to wrap pull it, I've got a double eagle front, okay. Now I got a solo block by that play side tackle on a three technique, and there's some more daddies in there. You know, I mean, that's, that's a bear of a block. Okay, well, you got to be the one who makes it right. Oh, there's a clip that we have against Sam Houston State, and uh, we're playing them, and it's 23 personnel, and we're, you know, first and 10, and we're running A-gap power, and, and we're running to low shade. So an A-gap player, and, and the defense lineman, they had a pretty good player. Um, I think he's still playing in the NFL. You know, he beats our left guard off the ball and gets penetration in the A-gap. And we actually double bump right through the guy. You know, Bruce Anderson gets out the backside and, and goes untouched versus an 11-man box because we're the ultimate corrector. We're the one who's got to make everything right. So your patience to me is, is what is the exact tempo? I don't know. Maintain a base. Get your depth back away from the line of scrimmage. 
key your entry point. Keying your entry point is going to be eyes right to that play side hip of the, uh, or excuse me, the inside hip of the play side tackle. So um, that, that's a little bit of that patience. And then when I stick that foot in the ground, now it's go. Now it's accelerate, accelerate through the hole. And that's where, you know, and I'm sure you guys have heard it, and I've said it often, it's the prettiest ugly playing football, man. It, it really is. There's some times where you look at that play and say, thing ain't going anywhere, and, and you set the chains and it's second and six. You know, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for four and first. Is there, is there a drill that you use for that, or is it just purely you guys have practiced it a bunch? I mean, you're running power a lot in practice. I know you guys get a lot of, uh, a lot of plays in uh, during, during a week. Is, is that pull? Is that really just something that you guys have got to work as far as seeing the different uh, insert paths? Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do very little individual work on that. The biggest things that I, when I get into individuals, a lot of the kids that you have coming in from high school, their entry point on powers so much wider. So getting them to stay tight to it is, is just the simplest thing. And, and I'll use even cones as an initial starting point. And we'll just kind of go as slow as possible and simulate, okay, planting that near foot, get vertical, and we're going to try to strike the guy same foot, same shoulder. And, and, you know, that goes back to, you know, something I learned from Scott Flokes, who learned it from Pat Perlis, who, you know, talked to the late George Perlis, and, 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 uh, and that's exactly what he would have said. You know, only true way to strike another human being is same foot, same shoulder. And, and um, you know, that's something that's kind of ingrained in your head. But then it goes back to, okay, don't overcoach it. Let's, how much are we running through our double reps? How much are our guys having the ability to see this and then see those pictures change? And, and that's to me where, you know, as we got in, get into year two down here at Kansas State, I expect that to be that much cleaner, to be that much, to be that much more improved because it is, it is a little bit trial by error. You got to fail before you succeed type mentality of, okay, on this one, I can skate, meaning get around the kick out. On this one, no, I've got a double bump. No, on this one, I've got a wrap pull on this one. Nope, I've got, everything's clean. Things are moving in front of me. We got the thing kick. Bang, I'm isolating that sucker right now. But you talk about, you know, obviously with, with A-gap power and, and believe it or not, I mean, we've had people that, that come on and, and they want to know, like, you know, how, how to stop it. I've, I've met with, with defensive coordinators. You know, we clinicked with, with Perlis back in the day. And, and obviously we know guys like you and, and Coach Kleiman, and they've always talked about it, defensive guys. And they're always, well, we got to be able to, to hold somebody in A-gaps. You talked about holding the point. Mm -hmm. Or we got to be able to wipe the nose over the top to get into A-gap. You know, mm -hmm. how often are you practicing like those, quote, you know, power stopping, you know, looks or techniques like with your guy all the time? Is that something you guys, again, yeah. you know, start from day one or you kind of build up maybe a bank of things that you can show your guys like, hey, here's how we're going to combat, combat this? Yeah, and, and that's what we've done is, is we've had to make some adjustments and whether or not, you know, it's a, a three technique playing back in the tackle or there's the, the old crank technique or they're, you know, going to try to, um, you know, gap exchange meaning you know go from a two eye to three technique do some type of tops movement some of the things that you've seen or try to run through gaps or you know all those types of things it's yes those are the challenges now the one of the greatest things to me about this particular play is it is a mentality play a program play and what i mean by that as a program play is it is going to develop 
physical toughness. It just, it's going to, it's going to develop physicality from an offensive standpoint, and it's going to be developed physicality from a defensive standpoint. There's some teams that we go in and we may only run power two or three times. And, and you say, well, gosh, the amount of time you invest in it, is it worth it for that particular game? From a program mentality and what we feel like we need to do in order to win at Kansas State, no different than that previous place I was at, was you got to win at physicality with offense and defense alignment. That's, that's the, the philosophy of our program. So there's our defense, to answer that question of how you do that, does a lot of those same things. They really do. Have we seen some teams adjust and try some nuanced things? Absolutely. Have we had to make adjustments to that? No doubt. And we do have um, kind of a bank, if you will, of, of cut-ups over at least my last seven years of, okay, hey, they're doing this. This is what our answer ultimately is going to be. They're doing this. What answer do we ultimately have to give guys confidence to continue to run that play and or to, to take advantage of it and, and say, all right, now they're giving us an opportunity to run this particular play. So, um, you know, the, 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 the biggest thing that, that we'll talk about is, our, is really handling that double team as far as the adjustments, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, on the double team, are, are you guys working, you know, vertical movement on the double team? Or are you guys working, um, you know, horizontal movement? Or are you just telling them we want movement? Uh, does no, I want lateral weekly? movement. Lateral yeah, movement. We, want, we want everything lateral. So we're trying to get who we dictate as, as that same point defender. We're trying to get that thing washed all the way back across um, uh, the ball. So, you know, when, you know, it, it's funny, I've listened to a lot of people clinic on power and, and you know, it, it's one of the things I often, often had heard was, you know, hey, when we first install the play, you know, and I'm listening to line coaches, and they're talking about, uh, you know, the fact of, you, you know, I don't even tell them who they're working to, you know, which linebacker they're working to. And uh, I apologize. Those are my little girls. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, I've heard them say, well, gosh, you know, we don't even tell them who we're, who we're working to because we want that kind of movement, that kind of movement, that kind of movement. And the, the big thing in our coaching progression, because – I hear them say that to me, and then when the film comes on and they're showing game reps, I'm seeing guys not stay on a double team. They're getting off to a linebacker. Guy's making a play right there in the hole. So what we say is we need to clear that defender out of the A-gap. And um, Paul Alexander asked uh, one of our offensive tackles, Landon Leckler, when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals a few years ago, he goes, hey, get up and draw me and explain this this, this, this A-gap power to me. And, and he did a phenomenal job of explaining it. Lando was telling me this. He goes, I drew up the hashes, coach. I drew up the ball. And he goes, I'm the tackle. He goes, wherever the point is, he goes, I ain't coming off to anybody until that sucker's back across the hash. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for lateral displacement at that point. And, and again, if, if a backside linebacker overlaps it, then it goes back to who are we saying is the ultimate corrector? And we're going back to the director. I don't really care who shows up in that gap. He better get same foot, same shoulder, you know. So you have protection with your isolation blocked by the backside guard. So we're looking lateral displacement uh, down the line of scrimmage. So uh, 
obviously uh, we love talking about power and, and that's the, the big thing, but the, the other really, really cool uh, part of your guys' offense is it, it seems like, and, and like you said, we had coach Blazik on and, and he had nothing but awesome things to say about you and, and the staff that had just left. But the, the cool part to me is it's, I put on film because uh, we somehow came about um, almost all the North Dakota state film and, and uh, recent Kansas State film, but uh, I put on the film and you get to watch, I mean, so many different types of run plays. I mean, and it's, it's, all, it's really impressive to me, and, and no one's getting cut free. So it's not like you guys run, you know, a bunch of different runs, but you guys don't know how to do it. You guys are running a lot of different schemes, it seems like, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and getting that blocked correctly. How do you go about getting that done with these kids, especially when, um, I don't know, a lot of people are making the, the change to having fewer and fewer plays. Uh, you guys are still have, it seems like, a lot of different options, but your guys are understanding it and understanding it against a multitude, it seems like, of different fronts. Well, again, you know, and in, in on twofold, I'm going I'm to kind of touch on that. So, so number one is we've got to continue to t- teach football. And um, I was reading somebody the other day was talking about cross-training offensive linemen is so, so important so you understand collectively what we are doing from, a, from an offensive standpoint. What is this concept trying to teach us? Every single one of our offensive linemen is going to play multiple positions. So, so, you know, whether it's I'm right guard, right tackle. So I think that helps in the understanding of teaching the football aspect of it. I don't want to teach what they're doing on a play. I want to teach the concept of the particular play so that they understand, okay, hey, this is what we are, this is what we're trying to accomplish with this particular scheme. Now, another thing that benefits us, and, and I know you guys are, are abreast of it, is just the double rep situation of how we are going to maximize the amount of reps that we get throughout the course of practice. So we're running, and that's the tough part where we're at right now is, is yesterday should have been practice number four. We should have installed power on day three, and we would have double reps, meaning that we're running basically two practices at the same time. So you're not sitting there asking a kid, hey, here's this particular look, you know, make sure you're taking this mental rep. Well, those mental reps aren't the same thing as the pictures. And that goes all the way back from, you know, Craig Bull, who learned that from Tom Osborne back at Nebraska so many years ago. And, and the one thing I do understand about double reps, and, and I've learned this, and, and Coach Kleiman is, is the biggest one. He says, you know, everybody comes up with excuses of why they can't double rep, okay, instead of going out and finding reasons why they can double rep. You know, if it means that we got to put our – I'm not kidding you. There were times last spring we had our starting kicker playing corner down on one of the fields just so we can get a picture. And, and yeah, I, we're going to be smart and not hit our kicker and do all that other stuff. And, um, you know, what's funny, we'll have a play-action pass call and somebody runs a go ball on them. That's all fun and good and everything. But, you know, how are we moving the entire program forward so we can continue to develop those guys? Because we are a developmental program at Kansas State. Coach Snyder did a phenomenal job of developing players at Kansas State. We did a phenomenal job at North Dakota State. We want to continue to do that. So 
that's kind of phase one of, of what you're talking about. The, num the second thing is how can we give a different presentation of the same exact play? So it may look like we're running, this is, looks like five different plays, but how do we associate that? How can we marry that with another concept? And that goes into, you know, you're going to start talking about, you know, some of your power read and, and Tim Polisek when, who I replaced at North Dakota State, and then he came back from Northern Illinois in 2014, where you know they 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 you know Jordan Lynch was a Heisman finalist because of power sweep read, you know. And how can we incorporate these these same exact plays with little nuanced changes, but conceptually that aren't that different? So how can you ultimately marry some schemes? How can I marry in this particular gap scheme concept, a lateral combination with this look, and, and it's really two to three different plays, but then a vertical combination in your more traditional B to C gap power. How can I marry that up on these gaps type scheme plays? Um, you know, it, it, this inside zone concept with that inside zone concept, or, um, you know, this man scheme with that man scheme. So, it's, it's to me about making sure that there's repetitions through learning football, and then also, how can you create as much consistency of techniques within particular schemes that can give a, such a different presentation? Coach, one of my favorite parts about watching you guys play, too, was, you know, obviously you're mentioned it before being an inside zone guy, but, you know, not just a strict we're always zone. The, the amount of, you know, fold blockings and, and different calls you gave to your guys and, and that freedom. Can you talk a little bit about you know, how, how maybe you, you teach some of those things and give some of those guys a little bit of freedom. I'm, I'm assuming that that's how you guys would, would block some of those things, especially in your guys's you know, one back run game. Yeah, it's in, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a game about angles. And if we have angles that we can take advantage of um, within particular schemes, then I, I think it gives you a phenomenal advantage. It, it gives you a phenomenal advantage to what I would say, steal a gap. And um, we allow our guys to do that in a pin and pull scheme, obviously. We allow our guys to do that even in inside zone schemes. We allow our guys to do that um, even in, uh, um, uh, in some of our outside zone schemes. So, you know, we can get in the particulars of a particular scheme. If you want to talk about that, I'm fine. But one of the greatest things about it that I love is it gives, I give parameters of when we can do this and when we can't do this. You know, we're talking about an inside zone scheme. When can we potentially work a, a, an exchange on the backside? Well, I give the guys parameters and then I give them ownership to make the call to do that. And anytime that you can give your guys up front, the ownership, to say, hey, do you know what? No, I'm going to make this particular call. Then the responsibility goes on their shoulders. Then ultimately, they buy in that much more. And conceptually, they take so much more pride and ownership in what they're doing that you're, you're not going to see a lot of mistakes because they're saying, okay, yes, I can do this. So now conceptually, why can't I do it here? And why can't I do it there? And, and in coaching, you know, I, I kind of grew up a little bit more old school. It was like, all right, hey, you're doing this, you're doing that. And you'd say, well, why? Well, because I told you. Well, I don't know if that's really teaching them the parameters of the offense 
So when you do have the, the opportunity, and what we're talking about right now is just taking advantage of angles, take, because that's what everything is in offensive line play is, is taking advantage of your particular angles. I know, you know, I steal it from A.J. Blazek now, who, who's doing a phenomenal job. He talks all the time about banging angles, and it's, it's so true. And if you can take advantage of those things within a zone scheme, outside zone scheme, uh, a pin and pull scheme, um, even some type of power gap scheme type where, where, it's, where it fits, then I think, you're in, I think you're in great shape. And the more you can give the ownership to your guys of, of why you're doing that or why you're allowing it or this is the reason why, then – then it goes back to what I talked about a few minutes ago as far as, you know, shit, you take ownership in the things that you're doing. And when the guys take ownership and they take more pride in it, then you're going to see your success level um, increase significantly. And I think it's something that, you know, Walls has talked about a lot, and it's something that I noticed a little bit as a player is like when your coach gives you that that option uh, and gives you the parameters and then the parameters there, then you use it in the game and then it works really well that play. Um, it, it's a really exciting feeling that you really don't get very often as an offensive lineman. No, you're right. It's, it's, you're sitting there going, no, nope, I, I just, I'm the one who made that play. I'm the one who communicated making mm -hmm. particular play because you know what? I saw the picture. We drilled this particular picture and I'm saying, do you know what? Screw it. I'm taking it. And when you go back to it, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Timmy Polisek last night, and we were talking about, you know, just some of the things of the development of, uh, of Carson Wentz, and we talk about it, Mess and I, in, in, in some of the development of Easton Stick, of giving them parameters to say, hey, you know what? It's, it's you're the one out there doing it. You know, I, my, I, my fat ass is sitting on the sidelines, you know, and, and, or, or, or the coordinator's up in the box. You know, you got to have give them parameters to check a particular play, to do this. Well, typically, O-linemen may not be able to do that. Well, if you can give them just to change a little bit of a technique in, in, in a switch block, in, in an exchange block, then they're sitting there going, man, no, I love this. Okay, it forces them then to communicate. We come back from the huddle. Hey, do you know what? I think we need to make this particular call on that. We need to make this particular call. And, and there was no better evolution in our final regular season game against Iowa State that, that you could go down through a scheme of saying, okay, hey, shoot, we are doing this, it worked. And we came back and you know what, that, that, that linebacker, he kind of he in and out me and, and, I got, and then I got cut off by the tackles block. Okay, hey, do we need to do this? Yeah, let's do this. Next time we do it, then we score a 15 yard touchdown. And, and it wasn't, you know, the sense of pride that those guys took in that particular play because we work through it collectively as a unit of their communication it's forcing them to say no this is the way the picture is and, and, and allowing us to make adjustments I absolutely love that fact and and uh, um, I love giving those guys the parameters to do those things I, I really do coach so so with so many options and so many plays that you guys could go into each week obviously you're probably not bringing each one into each game week so you come in on a Sunday um, I would assume you guys are su either Sunday or Monday, but you come in um, mm -hmm. and, and start your game plan, even though like I I'm sure you've already started it, but you go in, you start your game plan for the week, you, the run game plan. Where do you start? What, what's your kind of process with that? You've got, you know, so many different formations and you're, 
yeah. where do you where do you start looking? Is it hey, we want to be able to run this play, so this, these are our best formations? Do you go through it like okay, here's each formation and the defense they run, what plays work there? Yeah, how do you go through it? We're we're gonna go through it uh, more formationally and personnel based, and say okay, where can we take advantage of? Because it's still about yeah, I, you know, hell, I'd love to go into the into a game and run power thirty times and just physically, physically, you know, dominate an opponent. There's nothing better than that. There really is. From an offense lineman standpoint, there's nothing better. But you still got to ultimately be efficient and take what the defense gives you. And where we like to start in our run game is, is in 21-12 um, personnel formations. That's, that's where we'd like to start. And then we evolve into getting into um, 11 personnel formations, um, heavier personnel is 22 uh, 23 personnel, if if it allows in choice down and distance, and we feel like we can take advantage of that particular um, particular defense uh, in that particular sense, and then and then we will get into uh, some more of your spread sets, you know, double double width without uh, guys attached, and that's that's how we progress through our game planning as far as what the run game is, and and we've got to find ways that that. Uh, um, play action pass will continue to complement our run game and our run game will continue to complement our play action pass. In fact, um, you know, right before I, I zoomed in with you guys on this call, I was zooming in with the rest of our offensive staff and we were watching um, play action pass of the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers um, <laughs> from last year for since one o'clock this afternoon. And the biggest reason is, is San Francisco 49ers are, running a lot of play action pass under center and the Kansas city chiefs are running a ton of play action pass and gun. And how can we incorporate those things within our offense? So, so we're going to start more formationally and personnel based um, through the run game. Coach, something that, you know, you bring up play action, something that you guys, uh, it seems like to me have done that will always scares me. And I, and I hope I can, you know, be talked into the, into it. And, and I know you've got the answers, but uh, you guys, it seems like a play action pull your guard I don't know about I don't know the percentage but you've got no problem pulling your guard um on your play action passes which um you know almost it was like yeah I've always yeah. thought in the old yeah, school yeah, way no, no, just I'm telling you buddy that now I'm just gonna be real with you I don't know that I don't have some problems with pulling that <laughs> don't get me wrong I I know our quarterback coaches and and you know and, and it's, it's it's always funny you know it's a great friend of mine. Randy would be up there saying, "Oh yeah, let's run, let's run it with this action." And and now now Coach Klein is doing the same thing. I'm like, boys, I'm just telling you now. I'm I'm holding on to my ass a little bit. <laughs> okay, but you know it, it's it's the biggest thing, and and I do love it, and, and I really do. And, and Coach Mess is is huge with it because of in 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 our offense, um, you do get so much key on. On, on basically your triangle you know if you're in 21 personnel in a pro set it's going to be your triangle as guards the fullback and um even with what we have the ability to do in open sets and gun sets with backside guard we know we're getting so much key on those guards and the impact that that guard pull can ultimately do through our play action pass is it, it's it's invaluable it really is are there some 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 concerns with that protection Absolutely, there's some concerns with it. Are there? Is that protection going to hold up for a, a, a full field 
you know, progression back there where you can sit back there and, and birth that baby. No, it ain't, you know, and, and, and I, I'm usually the one speaking out of turn, telling that cue to, uh, to spit that sucker. <laughs> um, but yes, to, the ability to do it, um, what we'd say is play action pass within the pocket, whether it's under center um, or whether it's uh, uh, play action pass in shotgun off some of our, our, our quarterback sweep read stuff. And then also our ability to uh, pull that guard um, and, uh, and, and escape out of the pa uh, pocket in some of our run action, whether it's with, um, you know, some of our pass power schemes with guard out in front of the quarterback or even some of our naked schemes where we're actually bringing action away from that guard pull has been very successful for us. So I think it's an invaluable tool for us. Are there some strains in that particular protection? Absolutely there are. Coach, what do you think's kind of next for you, man? Are you, uh, are you looking to be, you know, coordinator, looking to roll up uh, the ladder a little bit? Or you, you – Man, you know what? Pretty happy being a, an O-line coach. You know, obviously you're happy where you're at right now, but, you know, any, yeah. any kind of goals you got ahead of you? Yeah, you know what? It, it's, it's um, you know, my, my goal is to, to, to right now, to, and it's coach talk, I just want to be the best offense line coach for these guys here. There's, and, and you guys know this, and, and, and I know you're, you're, you're coordinating now, and, and, but there's nothing better in coaching those five guys up front. It is such a unique group. Mm -hmm really is there's and I've coached tight ends I've coached running backs and there's nothing better than coaching those five guys do I have aspirations to uh to call plays and, and be in that position absolutely I know it's very challenging to uh be an offensive line coach and do that so um uh you, you know that's one of those things that you think about but as far as where I'm at I love the people that I work with I, I think uh the, the 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 our head football coach is one of the best people I've ever met around and, and, and not kidding in this profession right wrong or different they're they're at times hard to find and he loves my family he loves me I love him he's great to work for so um mess I, I couldn't you know this going into our fourth year together now two at North Dakota State one here and going I, I'm just I, I'll tell you what man I, I'm really fortunate of of where I'm at so um you know, I think we all want to continue to challenge ourselves and continue to grow in this profession. And if you're not, then um, then, then I think personally, I think you're wrong, you know. So the um, next step for me would, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking uh, um, someday to, to call those plays. Coach, uh, it's an interesting thing, and, and I don't think it was just Messingham. I think you guys have had either at North Dakota State, I think they've had a few OCs, and maybe I'm wrong, but – I know Messingham at, at Kansas State is, is with the tight ends and the mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. It, what is – that's something that I'd, I had never heard before talking to you guys. What's maybe the thought process or the, or the, the work going behind that with being, you know, OC, but then also you're with tight ends, you know, fullback? You know, I think one of the big advantages to it, and, and Tyler's doing it up at uh, up at uh, NDSU right now, and Mess is doing a phenomenal job here. And he was he was previously the running backs coach, but um, it's it, it, you get such a tie into both the run game and into the pass game, and I think it's such that that's such a unique thing. So so you've got to take as a tight ends coach you've got to take such an ownership of both facets of those games just like any offensive coordinator would and, and not saying that 
you know, you can't coach the quarterbacks and not have a great, but the responsibility and the understanding, that's one of the things I love about it is you have a true understanding appreciation of what those guys are doing up front instead of just saying, well, hell, why don't we just run outside zone here? Or hell, why don't we just run power? Well, there's a little bit more that goes into it with, with those guys. So it's, it's, and, and then not only because we're not a big 10 personnel team, but you know, from play action pass to drop back pass to all facets of that game that is incorporated within our offense. Um, I think it ties very nicely into uh, being that, uh, being that offense coordinator. And that's me personally. I love it. Well, well, coach, uh, I know you've been talking football a lot today, so we don't want to keep you too long, but the last question I always love to ask guys is, is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they would be doing uh, that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, the biggest there's there's gonna be two things I'm gonna look for, and I shoot I tell guys this 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 all the time. Um, I say the best compliment I can ever get as an offensive line coach is "Damn your kids play hard," and that is to me that is the the number one thing is I look when I'm watching because it, it's it's easy to do, and you know this as well as anybody that that you sit there and you you, you start kind of evaluating as as you're watching enough of their film. And how hard do they play? How do they finish? Okay. And then the second thing is, is what kind of technique they play with. You know, what is the, what is the detail that their kids are playing with consistently across the board? You know, what kind of base are they playing with? How do their feet move on contact? Um, were they carrying their hands in pass pro? Were they striking the defenders in pass pro? You know, are, are they, are they, are they lifting with their hips? Those types of things. So that's, as far as what I look at, and that's a, that's a great question. I've never been asked that question. And the two things I look at is, is number one, how, how hard they play or how they finish. And then number two, how technically sound are they? Coach, man, love. It's been a, a blast for an hour. And as, as soon as they clear the, the moratorium here on travel or going someplace, you better believe we're, uh, we're headed to case. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. We can't even go golfing. We'll get messed up here. We'll get and I'm, you know what? And, and here's the thing. I'm sure if we mention golf, our, our guy up in Fargo, he might hop in the car and drive like nine hours just to golf 18 holes. I'm not kidding. I know he's got two kids now and everything, but he, he might be the one who'd come down and get her done. So I look. Well, I know, I, I know Clim Climbing and Nelson used to play all the time too at UNI. So this and, might, and, get, and, might be to get those guys out too. Great, I don't know what kind of golfer Nelly is. Um, and, and I do have to tell you, you know, little thing, Nelly, and I've told Nelly this, he was the, he was the old line coach at Missouri State when I was in high school. I took an official visit down there. He may not remember me. He may have just said, after meeting me, he may not have wanted me on the team. But Nelly, yeah. Now, Kleiman's a pretty good golfer now, too. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. He's a pretty good golfer. Just when you're golfing with Kleiman, don't look over your putt too much. Because he's, he's sitting there, you know, you look over your putt too much and then you skin it by, you know, three feet or something. He's like, oh, I'm glad we waited for that. And you're like, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So, no, it'll be great. I'd love to have you guys down whenever this breaks. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, I can't, I can't thank you enough. This is, you said an hour. I look down, it feels like we've been talking for 15, 20 minutes, man. I really appreciate you guys and, and, and what you guys do for coaches and putting this form together this is this is awesome awesome stuff and never so much more important than than at this time when i think we're all looking for ways that that we can continue to better ourselves and 
and find those opportunities. So, man, I'm 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 really uh, really humbled that you guys asked me to do this. I, I truly am. And that's gonna do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.